And sitting in front of a hot mic here in Boise, Idaho, at the offices of Idaho Education News, this is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education politics and education policy. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And it was kind of hot mic week at the uh, State House as, a, as an off-the-cuff but audible comment uh, caught a lot of attention. We'll get, uh, we'll get to that, and we'll get to all of the other activity that's uh, going on in what may be the next to the last week of the legislative session. But Kevin, first, let's start with a big night uh, for, for education issues on Tuesday night. $715 million cumulative, cumulative uh, yeah. worth of school bonds and levies on the ballots all across the state of Idaho. You've been studying this issue and waiting through results all night and all morning. Uh, did a trend develop? Did we, did we see a trend on, on Tuesday night? A very clear trend, and a startling one, really. We've talked before about how this was a big election, how the $715 million was... Uh, it's the biggest round of school elections that I can recall, and, and certainly the time that we've been doing this here uh, in the four years that uh, we've been tracking school elections at this site. So you had $715 million in uh, bond issues and various uh, levies on the ballots all across the state, 46 school districts, all but one passed. So it comes to $695 million in bond issues and levies uh, approved on Tuesday. And you look at some of the vote counts and, and some of the tallies, really some overwhelming landslide support for some of these uh, ballot measures. Let's start with the biggest one. Yeah, let's take the biggest ones uh, in the Treasure Valley. Let's start right at the top with uh, Boise School District. What happened? Boise School District uh, passed a $172.5 million bond issue. And remember, bond issue needs that two-thirds supermajority to pass. Uh, that's never an easy threshold to, to pass. But, uh, but Boise got 86% support for this bond issue. So they, they, they cleared the two-thirds with, with ease. And it came as... The election sort of looked like it was heating up in the final few days. There was uh, a little bit of an opposition group that surfaced in the final days of the election, uh, went, to, uh, went to social media, went to YouTube to uh, try to make the case that uh, they felt like the bond issue was, was too big and they wanted the district to scale back. The district made the case that uh, this bond issue was going to uh, replace some old schools, build a new school in the Harris Ranch subdivision, which is growing very rapidly, and, and do a lot of repairs and do a lot of upgrades and uh, you know, renovations in schools all across the district without raising taxes. They felt like they could keep it within the uh, existing property tax rate. Um, had what was a pretty savvy, uh, pretty uh, assertive campaign in favor of the bond issue, lined up some, some key endorsements from, from, from local leaders, from the mayor, from members of the city council, from a lot of community groups. In the end, it wasn't all that close. It was a, it was a landslide win for the Boise district. Let's go down the road a little bit to the state's largest school district, West Ada. Not a bond issue, Kevin. Tell me what was on the ballot uh, and, and what happened. So what happened in, in West Ada, and that was... Uh, a closer result and an interesting result to watch as well. What West Ada was seeking is a plant facilities levy. And that's a longer-term levy, in this case a 10-year levy, $160 million of taxing authority. And that's used to uh, to do some minor maintenance work, uh, less extensive than tearing down a school and replacing it. But, uh, but upkeep, uh, upgrades, 
it passed. It needed a 60% uh, majority to pass. It got uh, 61, 62%. So it, it got over the hump. It didn't, uh, it didn't blow past the, uh, the 60% threshold. So a fairly close result. But that was a plant facilities levy that uh, West Ada has had on the books for decades. Uh, long before this meteoric growth that's been going on in that district. And, and the loss of $16 million a year. Uh, Marianne Reynolds last week uh, at City Club Forum talking about it said would have forced some really difficult decisions. So that's $16 million out of their general fund. Do you let building projects slide? Do you kind of wait on some repairs, knowing that that's just kind of kicking the can down the road and maybe driving up the cost? Or do you take money out of other programs? West Ada will not have to face that issue. Uh, this, this levy did pass. Yeah, I want to let folks know that you were up late on Tuesday night. You were working the phones and, and uh, your online research all Wednesday morning. We have an excellent report at IdahoEdNews.org running down, uh, I believe, just about all or all of the bonds and levies. I think we got them all. We got them all. Uh, we're talking about 46 school districts. Let me mention the one outlier, because I said that one, yeah. one election was unsuccessful. That's Valley View. And it's a little bit like West Ada in the sense that here is a very fast-growing school district dealing with a lot of building needs and a lot of uh, uh, building upkeep uh, challenges that, that come with all of that growth. Uh, the, uh, Valley View was seeking a, uh, a plant facilities levy as well. They were looking for, uh, for $20 million over the course of 10 years. Plant facilities levies are confusing, basically depending on how, how much a district is seeking. That's going to determine what your threshold is for passage. Valley View needed a two-thirds supermajority because of the size of its plant facilities levy. They got 61%. They didn't get over, over the two-thirds threshold. So that's the one district that uh, you know, has to face the, the, uh, face the consequences of a failed election. And the decision now, I guess, becomes uh, do they try it again? Uh, do they come back with something? So we'll wait and see. At least one other one that I do want to ask about, Kevin, for our friends up in North Idaho who have been following the Lewiston School District. They had an issue uh, with an aging high school facility uh, that had been kind of a conundrum for a while now. Uh, what happened in Lewiston? What was the proposal for? What was the result? Well, Lewiston has been dealing with this uh, issue of an aging high school for, for years. This high school was built in, I believe, 1928. So they, they've looked at a lot of different options. Do you try to renovate that old school? Do you try to expand upon it? Uh, or do you just flat out replace it? And the, the option that the district went for was uh, flat out replacement. They're also hoping to, well, planning now to uh, add a career technical center and tack that onto the school. The bond issue passed, got a 75% majority. So that, uh, that project is now uh, green-lighted by, by the voters. So we'll keep an eye on that. And really, that becomes our next phase of coverage. A lot of money endorsed and authorized by voters. Now we'll watch and kind of see what happens with these projects, and 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 see, uh, you know, you know, see see what happens on, on the construction front, on the upkeep front, and with the supplemental levies, what the districts wind up doing with that money in terms of day-to-day -day operations. Sure. You and our East Idaho reporter Devin Bodkin did a great job of rounding up. Uh, the stories, and, and again, put in another plug for that. Anything else uh, on the elections front about this trend we saw, uh, about how it relates to other education issues uh, that you want to point out? We will continue to follow this up, uh, like you said. Anything else 
uh, to kind of close the loop uh, on this issue? No, like I said, and there's been a lot of talk about school elections and the school election process. Uh, there was a bill that apparently got sidetracked earlier this week uh, that would have moved school board elections into the general election ballot. You got to keep in mind, school elections like these uh, bond issues and plant facilities levies and supplemental levies, there are only four days a year that school districts can run those. Right. March was one of those election days. Uh, it, it just happened because of a lot of circumstances that this was an extremely busy uh, election cycle. Uh, a lot of times school districts uh, try to figure out when when a bond issue or a levy is most likely to pass. And uh, you know, I, I think there were, there were a lot of districts that uh, were reluctant to run ballot measures last March when the presidential primary was taking right. place. Uh, districts tend not to run as many of these on primary days or on November election days. So maybe not too surprising that we had a really busy uh, Tuesday with elections here in March. But again, even with all of those caveats, still a really surprising uh, series of results. All right. Well, kudos to you for uh, putting in the extra time while the legislative session was going on. Once we get through the legislative session, we'll step back and take a look at the fallout uh, from these bonds and levies passing. But let's go back uh, just yeah. briefly. Mm -hmm. um, uh, certainly a weird legislative session as a whole. And this was another weird week in the legislature, right, Kevin? Right, and you've been following uh, what became one of the uh, the most talked about issues of the week. And really, it boils down to about a five-second passage, uh, a comment that was made through, you know, and it was heard through a hot mic. It was audible for, uh, for anybody who's listening to the uh, legislative live feed. Ron Nate, what did he say, and what did he say afterwards? You had a chance to talk to him. Yeah, so just to set it up, uh, the House was on the floor. That's where all 70 members gathered to vote and debate bills. They had uh, briefly gone at ease, and Representative Nate uh, forgot to turn his mic off or neglected to turn his microphone off, engaged in a little bit of a spirited conversation with some of the lawmakers around his desk where he said, listen, we all know our districts, and we know that there are some teachers who are clearly overpaid there. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't intend, I don't think, for this comment to uh, go out publicly, but his microphone was on. The legislature's streaming uh, service video uh, picked it up. Um, I, I noticed it, along with uh, several of the other state house reporters that were covering the legislature on Tuesday. And So why is, is that notable? Uh, for me, in my mind, the school budget and the largest component of the school budget, Raises for Teachers, is the top story of this legislative session. And so anytime you have a lawmaker uh, advancing a position regarding teacher pay, regarding these budgets, uh, is newsworthy. The fact right. that he said it on sure. the House and then it appeared to be an unguarded moment, I thought was also newsworthy because it gave perhaps the public insight into a line of thinking that they would not have otherwise come across. And so... Um, after the House broke for lunch, uh, I sat down with Representative Nate in his office and I asked him about it. I said, the mic appeared to pick up uh, this statement. Could you help me clarify your statement? And he told me that he could not remember um, what he had said uh, during this conversation. And, and this is less than... Less than an hour. Less than an hour. Certainly less than an hour after the conversation took place. 
uh, Kimberly Cruzy, a reporter for the Associated Press, had gotten to Representative Nate much quicker than I had and asked him within about 10 minutes or so about the comments. And he told her also at that time that he could not remember. And so it went from being um, an interesting talking point that was came up on an unguarded moment on the House floor to morphing into this sort of bizarre story where he didn't take ownership of the comment. He said that uh, he either misspoke or was speaking about something else and prefaced it with something else, but he really couldn't remember and he couldn't remember the details to give me that larger context. And then he got upset about it. He said that it was, and, and I do want to point out his position here and in fairness to him, he said in his opinion that it was a non-story um, that reporters were pursuing only because it made him look bad. And then I told him um, that I think it's an important story, that the budget and teacher pay is the top story of the mm-hmm. year uh, for me and that it was newsworthy. And so I want to pause just for a minute and play maybe about a minute of my interview with Representative Nate uh, where I recorded the conversation and asked him uh, to clarify those remarks. So here's that clip. And I just wanted to see uh, if that was what you said or if that was what you thought. Well, um, I don't remember the entire conversation, but uh, and and Betsy has asked me about this too. And so, either uh, because I can't remember the conversation, I'd either say this: either um, I misspoke when I said that, or it was prefaced to something else. Because if you listen to the entire conversation, which I'm sure you will, the the entire conversation was about we need to have more money to spend on teachers so that we can attract and retain good teachers in Idaho. That's the whole point of my tracking the overspending this session is, look, there's this much money we're overspending in other areas. We need to get it to teachers so that we can get the good ones and keep them. So that, that gives you just a little insight into uh, Representative Nate and his reaction uh, to that. And it, like I said, it, it sort of became more of a story because of the reaction and, and how it was handled afterwards. And you put the comments into context in your story on Tuesday, pointing out where Ron Nate has stood in the past on voting for teacher pay, namely the career ladder. He supported it, yeah. Right, he he has supported it the past couple of years. And this comment came on the heels of some debate on the House floor over, uh, over an education spending bill where Nate took to the House floor. And this is not an unguarded moment. I mean, this is him speaking on, on the, the record. On the record, yes, yeah. yeah saying uh, this $2 million line item for counseling, right? Yeah, college and career counseling. Uh, With that money, you could hire 53 new school teachers. Now, yeah, I do the math, and I can kind of wonder, okay, when I divide $2 million by 53, I get $37,000 a year. That's not paying for salary and benefits. You're you're not going to get there. But but his point, broader point being, we're spending money in places that are keeping us from having money to spend on teachers and teacher pay. So – juxtaposed against this remark where, you know, it was fairly clear and fairly audible that he said that he felt like teachers, uh, that some teachers were clearly overpaid. Whether it's a misstatement or or, or a contextual issue, uh, really was not clear from his his comments after the fact. No, it wasn't, and he didn't remember it, didn't take ownership of the comments, but he did tell me that and, and so the background here, if you're not familiar with him, uh, Representative Nate is an educator himself. He teaches at a private college, BYU-Idaho, uh, in, in Rexburg. But he's also one of the more conservative uh, members of the House. And he's one of those members that really scrutinizes 
many state agency budgets. And so he's been tracking what he describes as overspending this year and keeping a tally, occasionally reading that tally uh, on the House floor. And, and he's saying that his position is is that we're overspending in other areas where we could be directing that money to teacher pay. He told me that that is his priority. And so uh, it is a little confusing. I don't understand the larger context of the comments about the teachers being uh, overpaid, and he clearly didn't elaborate on it. But this is a guy who has voted for teacher raises in each of the last two years, who did vote for, as you said, the career ladder. Uh, and I asked him if he's going to vote for teacher raises again this year. Uh, and he said it was, and when I talked to him about it on Tuesday, he said he had not seen the budget yet, and it was too early to say. And this turned out not to be a one-day story, because on Wednesday, back on the House floor, uh, Nate made reference to the, the hot mic issue. He, he tried to make a, a, a tongue-in-cheek reference to, uh, is this mic on, is this mic hot? And, and the Speaker of the House, Scott Bedke, played along with it, and he said we should always consider that all of our mics are on all the time. Definitely um, words to live by if you're a, if you're a legislator or, right. or a podcaster, for that matter. Yeah. But the bigger issue, though, on the floor, uh, on, the, on the House floor on Wednesday, kind of a showdown between Representative Nate and... One of the key budget writers in the entire legislature, Wendy Horman, you, you were listening into that. Yeah, the uh, the House was going through some other budget bills they had on their calendar. I believe this specific budget that they were working on at this time was the Idaho lottery budget, um, which does not uh, involve spending the same type of money from the general fund that could have gone to teacher pay in the first place. And Representative Nate stood up again, and he was tracking the overspending. But he sort of objected to some of the other increases in some of these other budgets and said, hey, we could be paying uh, teachers with this money. And then Representative Wendy Horman, an Idaho Falls Republican who really has taken the lead on setting the public school budgets, stood up, interrupted him, objected in front of the whole house and said, you know, these are separate budgets. This money wouldn't have gone to teacher pay and, and sort of suggesting that um, that they were that he was diminishing the reputation of these lawmakers who worked on these other budgets and it got tense for a moment they put the house at ease but then very quickly uh, the speaker of the house uh, intervened a little bit talked about decorum uh, on the house floor and that it's equally important to have vigorous full-throated, spirited debates when we're spending money, but it's also important to recognize decorum and not question the motives of other members uh, of the legislature. And so very quickly, uh, things settled down and and got back going again. But not the first time we've seen flare-ups between sort of the more mainstream Republicans, if you will, and more of the the hardliners on the right wing of the Republican Party. Representative Nate's been in the middle of several of these uh, little dust-ups on the House floor over the past two weeks involving spending, involving legislative procedure, involving legislative decorum. He's been involved, uh, along with Representative Heather Scott from North Idaho, uh, been kind of right in the middle of, of some of those. Right, in the middle of a session that may not go down in history for a lot of accomplishments, but may be remembered down the road politically for exposing... Some of the rifts within the Republican Party, within the Republican caucuses at the State House, especially in, at the House. Sure. Just a couple of other, one other mainly legislative headline. As we get closer to adjournment, uh, the school budget bills, which we had alluded to talking about 
uh, situation with Representatives Nate and Horman. School budget bills were introduced. They're starting in the House. Those were introduced on Wednesday. Uh, again, that's broken up into seven different pieces. Those came out of the Joint Budget Committee, and they're calling for, the highlights are they're calling for a 6.3% increase in education funding next year, just over $100 million, uh, the largest part of uh, the public school budget is $62 million in raises for teachers. And the largest line item increase being the teachers. Right. The largest mm-hmm. new yep. aspect of spending is the, mm-hmm. the raises for teachers. So those budgets are on their way. Uh, they're off and running. And we think that we may be working uh, towards adjournment uh, of the legislative session, but we shall see. I think that wraps up uh, this week's legislative news. We will be back next week, Kevin, with another edition of the Extra Credit Podcast. May or may not it, be the final it, week of the it legislative may session. May be the final podcast of the legislative session, but uh, that remains to be seen. There is a lot uh, for lawmakers to do. A lot, uh, a lot of budgets to pass. Not just the K twelve budgets, but. Uh, They've got the work cut out for them if they want to try to get out by the end of next week. But uh, we'll be there for the duration, however long the duration turns out to be. All righty. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. You can follow at Idaho Ed News on Twitter for all the latest breaking news. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.